November 13th. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, it'll be today from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 31. We'll see that faith is confidence in God that leads to obedience to God. True faith is based on what God says and is demonstrated in what we do. People with faith do things for God, and God does things for them. Faith is not a luxury. It is a necessity. It's for common people and not just great leaders. You see, we need faith for worshiping, as well as for working, and even walking, and waiting, and warring. In any area of life where you ignore faith, you'll end up sinning. You know, the great theologian John Calvin defined faith as a steady and certain knowledge of the divine benevolence toward us, which, being founded on the truth of the gratuitous promise in Christ, is both revealed to our minds and confirmed to our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Note that faith is founded on divine truth, that's God's promise, and is witnessed to by the Spirit in the heart. It has both objective and subjective aspects, and both are essential. The phrase, still others, reminds us that we can live by faith and appear to be defeated. See, not everybody who trusted God was delivered or protected. But the important thing is not God's deliverance. It is God's approval. Faith in God gives you the ability to endure when others are giving up. It was D.L. Moody who said, Faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. And now with that... Let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 13th, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 31. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, though God had promised him Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham assumed that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac blessed his two sons, Jacob and Esau. He had confidence in what God was going to do in the future. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. And it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, confidently spoke of God's bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. He was so sure of it that he commanded them to carry his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid of what the king might do. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be treated as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of the Messiah than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to the great reward that God would give him. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He was not afraid of the king. Moses kept right on going because 
he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts, so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea, as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians followed, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho seven days, and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute did not die with all the others in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Consistency separates winners from wannabes. Diligence makes the difference between all-time greats and one-hit wonders. For the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but to the one who endures to the end. So pick yourself up, shake your past off, put one foot in front of the other, and do it again. When you hear that little voice saying no one believes in you, you're too far behind, you're too small, this isn't working and this isn't worth it, another voice rises to remind you that the same power, the same strength, the same spirit that raised the Savior from a borrowed grave is alive and active in you. This is your guarantee of complete victory. The same God who delivered you from the lion and the bear can and will deliver this new giant into your hands. So draw the line. Take your stand. Just like you wielded your weapons last time, do it again. You've been here before. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And if he caused you to triumph back then, be confident. He'll do it again. Yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ is the same. And in his name, you are unstoppable. He's the author and finisher of your future and your faith. All things are started and sustained by his grace. He has never failed, never faltered, never wavered, never lost, and he's not about to start. But receiving this promise requires perseverance. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many begin, few are finished. So don't just do it, do it again. I know sometimes it's hard to keep it moving when you can't see your progress, when you've lost your perspective, when the pain has pushed you past your breaking point. But this is no time to tap out. This is no time to back down. This is no time to turn around because the end of yourself is the beginning of Him. The end of your strength is the beginning of His. So fix your focus, wake your courage, stir your confidence, and do it again. The dream God put inside of you is free, but to see it come to pass, you'll have a price to pay. Set your face like flint with determination and declare, I will do it again. When it doesn't make sense, I'll do it again. When I have to go against the wind, I'll do it again. When all hell is breaking loose, I will not be crippled by confusion. I will not sway to the cadence of complacency. When it feels like hope has disappeared from the horizon and I've waited for rain but I don't see any signs, I will look again, lifting my eyes to the skies. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand starting to expand. And it may start small, but little is much when God is in it. And I know I'll win 
I just don't quit. Don't you dare quit. When you march six laps and still the walls won't fall, take another lap. You're closer than you think you are. You're closer than you've ever been before. Walk on. You've come too far to faint. He who spoke it is faithful to fulfill it. Show up today and the next day and the next day and the next day. Press till something happens. Pray till something changes. Push till something breaks. Say within yourself, whatever it takes, whatever the cost, no matter what they say, no matter what I feel, I've got a job to do and I will see this through until God's kingdom comes and his will is done in my life. I'm leaving every excuse behind. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm taking up my cross and following the one who never stopped short, who never surrendered, who said he'd never leave me or forsake me. Jesus is with me always. He came and conquered. He died and rose again. And now he's calling me, causing me, commanding me to breathe again, hope again, trust again, give again, change again, expect again, rejoice again, fight again, rise again, right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, I will live again.
Psalm 111, verses 1 through 10. Well, Psalm 111 is for people who study. It explains how to be a student who pleases the Lord and grows in understanding of truth. Start with worship. The lower you bow before the Lord, the more He will instruct you. Go right to the source. See God in His works. Whether it's science or history, you are examining God's works in this world. His works are great and glorious, revealing His power and wisdom. To see the creation but ignore the Creator is to move into idolatry and sin. See God in His Word. The Word of God and the Book of Nature do not contradict each other. For the same author, capital A, wrote them both. The theories of scholars come and go, but God's Word stands forever. And obey what God teaches you. The search into truth is not simply an academic endeavor of the mind. It must involve your whole person. If you are willing to do God's truth, He will teach you. Obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge. And don't forget that all truth is God's truth, no matter what the source. God is sovereign. If you love truth, learn truth, and live it, live truth, and the truth will set you free. Psalm 111, verses 1 through 10. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with His godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord! All who delight in Him should ponder them. Everything He does reveals His glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. Who can forget the wonders He performs? How gracious and merciful is our Lord! He gives food to those who trust Him. He always remembers His covenant. He has shown His great power to His people by giving them the lands of other nations. All He does is just and good, and all His commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for His people. He has guaranteed His covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name He has! Reverence for the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. The rewards of wisdom come to all who obey Him. Praise His name forever. Proverbs 27, verses 15 and 16. A nagging wife is as annoying as the constant dripping on a rainy day. Trying to stop her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or hold something with greased hands.